I read a statistic the other day that I found incredibly exciting. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, there is a massive spike in new businesses starting. Over 10 million small business applications were submitted in 2021 and 2022. That's 53% higher than previous trends before 2019. Now, if you have entrepreneurial dreams or you are a business owner, I don't want these numbers to scare you. In fact, I think these numbers are actually fascinating and really energizing for people with dreams of starting their own business. To me, it doesn't show this massive spike in competition. I think it shows a seismic shift in the job market. It means Americans are putting their skills to work on their own terms. And you can too. This season on Dream Plan Live, we're introducing you to savvy business people who have built their businesses from an idea to an innovation. We're chatting with them about how they started their company, the steps they've taken to make it grow, and essential advice for future business owners. This is a community of business owners across industries who are opening their books to you. If you want to open a restaurant, if you have a groundbreaking idea to change your industry, or you're just ready to be your own boss, this is for you. Today, we're talking about scaling your business safely. And by scaling, I mean making it grow. Getting more clients, putting more products on your shelves, growing your following on social media. And for that, we're turning to tri-state grain conditioning. Tri-State Grain Conditioning is based in Spirit Lake, Iowa. Back in 1982, the founder of the company, Rich Cook, wanted to find a way to make a good living for his family. He worked with grain for most of his career and set off to put his expertise to work. He thought expanding his business to three states would be a good enough living and focused on Iowa, Minnesota, and South Dakota. But over the business's 40 years at work, its products are now found on farms across the nation and around the world. Today we're in 48 states in the United States and over 40 countries around the world. That's Dan Winkowich, who is now the owner of Tri-State Grain Conditioning. We help people maintain the quality of their grain while they're storing it at their facility. And now that's whether it's on the farm or whether it's in a commercial facility. For those who don't know ag, that is totally okay. This episode is still for you. But for context, grain conditioning is a really important step in modern farming practices. Here's Dan to explain. Well, uh, when grain is stored, it's, it's an organism, and so it's, it has a health and, and it breathes. And so if you store a, a bin full of corn, for instance, and it maintains a steady temperature, mm -hmm. I'll throw a little bit of science out, and that is if you store uh, 14 percent corn at 70 degrees you can store it for a, about 40 days before it begins to deteriorate if you store that same 14 percent corn at 40 degrees you can likely keep it up to 400 days and so it becomes a, it's a marketing tool because you can keep the product longer but it's also it's saving the grain and mm. we monitor corn for animals, soybeans, macadamia nuts, all kinds of things around the world. And if it spoils, it can no longer be used for consumption. So we like to say 
We are helping the local farmer, but we also feel like we're helping the world have the food that they need to eat so that they can continue to survive and thrive. Dan and his older brother grew up on a farm, but he didn't think that staying on a farm in the Midwest was for him, and he definitely didn't expect Tri-State Grain to be his future. After college, Dan took an intensive Spanish course and moved to South America to work with indigenous subsistence level farmers. I went down with an interdenominational mission to work, I thought, for five years. I stayed 20. He met his wife there and later worked for Coca-Cola in Ecuador. His older brother was back in the States putting his farm expertise to work and took over tri-state grain conditioning after Rich Cook retired. It was important to everyone in the company to keep the business local, even as it was growing its reach. But Dan's brother needed a helping hand. About that time, when my time in Ecuador had come to an end, then my brother asked me to come back and become a part of the team. When Dan came back, he focused on building and installing equipment first. Then he moved into sales. And then he moved into management. In 2009, Dan's brother retired. So Dan and his wife bought the company. Like any business owner, he knows what it's like to have his hand in every part of the operation. But a lot in the tech and ag world has changed since 2009. I asked Dan how they've continued to grow their business to an international scale while keeping up with changing times. The secret, he says, is using the benefits of being a local business and having a close-knit team. I worked for Coca-Cola. Wow, what a great organization. Yeah. But to get any decision made in Coca-Cola is eternal. And I say that even though I love the product. Mm -hmm. Well, in a small company, you can turn on a dime. And so we like to provide solutions. I'll partner with most any reputable uh, company, and some of them are competitors sometimes, to deliver a product that the customer can actually use and depend on. Well, what I'm hearing you say is, that during your career with the company, you have seen businesses, especially in the ag sector, get bigger and bigger, and it has remained a priority for you, and it's obviously a benefit to your customers to remain local. And with being a small organization, as you said, and being able to turn on a dime, you are also in a unique place to be able to keep up with technology, right? You know, transferring the technology as it worked, you know, in the 80s to now having it be on your phone or on your computer. But it sounds like what you're saying is you're staying true to the organizational foundation of the business. I think you're right. And technology changes, technology will continue to change. Mm -hmm. Technology will continue to change, even for businesses who want to keep it traditional. Operating his business at a localized level has obviously served Tri-State Grain Conditioning really well, keeping a close crew of people who are excellent at their jobs. Clearly, they've been able to keep up with the pace of change over 40 years. And more importantly, Dan knows when they need to hire work outside of their organization. That was key last year when someone tried to lure his company into a scam. We often receive a, a request for a quotation for a project from somewhere around the world. This often starts with our website. Anyone can see it, and you can request a quote. And so a quote request was um, uh, came in, and, and that was for the Middle East. And um, 
when it came in, it, you do wonder, say, okay, we don't have a lot of product in that area, but we do have some. And, and uh, so you do stop and think about it. But sometimes those things turn into very nice sales. Dan's team went back and forth with the people who requested the quote, communicating about the sale. They asked informed questions about the product, questions that only ag people would know to ask. Finally, they landed on the sale, and the Tri-State Grain team sent an invoice off. And a couple days later, a bank transfer came in. But the bank transfer wasn't for $11,000. It was for $96,000. Now, my wife, who runs the finances and really the, the production at Tri-State's, um, has a background in banking for many years. So she immediately knew that something was wrong. Bank Midwest realized it at the same time. Now to me, and I don't have a background in banking, I thought, this just looks like some idiot who hit the wrong button and, yeah. and, and sent this massive overpayment. But to those who knew, Right. Immediately, it was, this is fraud, don't do anything, we have you covered, and give us a call. So immediately, I, I actually didn't worry anymore about it, other than I knew I had to make a follow-up call, and then we would have to be doing some things to make sure that um, all the leaks, well, actually the holes didn't leak. I would love to hear from you why you think it's important for any business to be prepared for cyber attacks, you know, whether they are the coffee shop on the corner that only has one location or they have products in almost every state in the country and all around the world. Well, I think a reason that you need to be prepared is because even though you live in Northwest Iowa or Minnesota or South Dakota, mm -hmm. the people who are coming to break in in a, in a cyber fashion do not. And so we have an assumption here, it's called an assumption of trust. Now, when I walk into the bank here, um, there are no armed guards. There is no uh, bulletproof glass um, uh, waiting. And, and I hear, hello, how can we help you? That's an assumption of trust, which doesn't exist around the world. So even though we work on an assumption of trust in, in this area, around the world there are people literally sitting at their computers night and day looking for people that they can hack into their systems and steal stuff from. And it actually can keep you, I don't want people to stay awake at night worrying about it. But you have to take steps to do that. You know, we go back as children, we, we learned the thing. It does no good to shut the door on the barn after the cows are out. <laughs> well, the same thing is absolutely true in, in, in the cyber world today. Sometimes I think, well, it would be just nice to just shut off that all of that technology. But you can if you're going to be in business. You're going to send emails. You've got to be on the Internet. You've got to have a website. You've got to be connected. And if you're connected, you're vulnerable. So all of us are vulnerable. The question is whether or not we're going to take steps to make sure that we're protected and reasonably safe. And short of cutting all the lines, you're never going to be 100%. But if you're with reputable people that know what they're doing, they're watching your back all the time. And so then I think you can just function well and you have to trust that someone up above is looking over you. So just keep on and, uh, and keep doing business. 
This is the essential lesson about scaling your business. Any small business owner will tell you that they have their arm in everything. Marketing, sales, product development, finance, tech, everything. But what Dan points out here is that as any business continues to grow, you have to build a solid team to keep up with changing technology and managing risk. So I think I think that's the key, especially if you're a small business and you want to be on the cutting edge. Okay, find out who those companies are out there that are doing what you want to do and who you have good synergy with, and then come together and work. Yeah. But it all starts based on trust in a person. Dan's second key to business success, knowing when you can't be the expert about something, especially when it comes to things like security. There comes a point where you have to say, actually, there's a limited amount of research and knowledge that I can gain and still be able to run this business. I'm going to turn to my local bank for finance and insurance questions or the smart IT people that I'm working with to make sure that we can keep things going safe and sturdy. I think there are three stages in it when you approach any new area of knowledge. In the beginning, it's I don't even know what I don't know. Stage two is now I know what I don't know. And then stage three is, okay, now I know it. But if you start out thinking, well, I got this, you will find out very quickly that you don't. Thanks again to our guest, Dan Winkowicz, for sharing his expertise today. Dream, Plan, Live is a podcast presented by Bank Midwest. You can find more resources and answers to your top-of-mind business questions by visiting our website at bankmidwest.com blog. And if you liked this episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. This podcast was hosted and produced by me, Emma Meyer, with Emma Meyer Content Marketing. We're so excited to share more conversations with you. Keep dreaming big, and we'll see you soon. Bank Midwest, member FDIC.